0: Welcome to Mirapaw Taste Buds. We're your buds, Melissa and Emily. And Mirapaw Taste Buds is a podcast about food, our daily lives, and how they intersect. Pew, pew, pew. Today's topic is fall foods mm-hmm. and the introduction of the slow cooker. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Practice that many times. Just kidding. First try. <laughs> Today, we were not going to drink anything, and then we realized we needed it. So, don't um, we always? Yeah, we're just drinking like a, a poor man's paloma is poor what we're man's calling paloma. it. <laughs> a little bit of spindrift. Yeah, a little tequila, a little spindrift, a little agave, a little lime. Blam cocktail. All you need? blammo mm-hmm. cocktail. Presto change You thought you didn't have a chaser or anything to put in there? You were wrong. Yeah, that's right. Dig it out from the back of the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get cooking. So oh, I mean, this is my favorite season, my favorite time of year. I love fall, and it says I, every woman ever. I, feel I know, like, but it is great. It is great. The leaves are full-blown changing finally. Uh, and now they're starting to fall off the trees, which becomes very depressing, but we won't go there today. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about some of those things that are in season and start popping up all over your feeds because there's a bunch of, like, comfort food and just recipes that are just made for this season, and I mm. love it. <laughs> so true. I thought I loved summary foods, but fall foods might be best. I, I mean, know. they're they're so, like, cozy and yeah. just, like... Yeah, summer foods are all, like, light and, like, (laughs) I don't know. You know, you're not trying to, like, eat and, like, prepare for winter, like, hibernation. You're going into winter body. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Summer body is like, oh, I better watch what I'm doing here. Trying to enter into that that fat bear contest. Yes. Yeah, that's right. You're trying to win the fat bear contest. That's correct. Hell yeah. Yeah, cheese body season. What's up? Cheese body. But it's interesting because there's so many foods around the world that are similar, actually, for fall, which I didn't really think about. I mean, it's like a season of harvest and bounty in general. Like, you're coming to the end of kind of that growing season in a lot of places. But, yeah, there's a lot of things that are sort of across the board fun. So we'll start by talking about some world ones. So in Japan, um, taro root is popular now, chestnuts. Sweet mm. potatoes, persimmons, and pumpkin, which is kabocha. Classic. So yeah, totally classic. Kind of gives me vibes of here. In German, Germany and Austria, obviously like cabbage, sauerkraut, sausages, hot, hot pasta dishes, chestnuts was popping up. Um, those are all like typical foods, I feel like, for Germany like and Austria 90, anyway. Like, mo- yeah, those are like all just <laughs> their normal things. I know when I read that, I was just like, so the normal thing? <laughs> I was like, oh, hot pasta dishes was like, what? Throwing it in there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, chestnuts, too, seem not that fall to me, but I I get it. Yeah. Well I just always of- associate them, I think, with winter because of chestnuts roasting. Well, they've been harvested in the fall. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they were ready and part of harvest voice. They're amazing. And in- France, it said that like game, red meats and things were super popular. Um, Commonly also kind of in like red wine stews with mushrooms, like a bouffe bourguignon. Mm. Um, obviously, like, they have grapes popping up through October. All their orchards are full, like pears and apples everywhere. Yeah. Tons of fresh ciders. I was like, mm, all those things sound amazing. Uh, I mean, the wild me- meats kind of make sense, too. There's like wild boar and venison and things like that, which... When we were growing up, our grandpa used to hunt, and our dad would go with him. so like venison kind of used to kind of have more of like a fall, fall vibe to me. but yeah. not so much anymore in my my life now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, in Portuguese and in Portugal, they indulge in fish, squash, and root veggies. So again, very similar to here. I feel like that's one of the big things um, is like the root vegetables and squashes. Mm-hmm. But they also have hot galau, which is like a hot drink that is made from adding foamed milk to espresso coffee. So it's sort of like a cafe au or similar to that and they also have these like custard tarts that are popular mm. it's interesting because australia when i was looking at some of theirs like they have totally different climates in their in that area because i mean the north and south kind of just has like a wet dry season and then they have like four seasons in other like zones of, and climate zones so it's like but they have 170 types of apples, it said, that's which I was nice. like, that seems like so many apples. How many apples in the world are there? I, I don't feel know. like that's pretty much all. That's why I was <laughs> like, um, yeah, I was like, I should Google that. Yeah. <laughs> that's blowing my mind. But then root veggies are big, and then you'll see a lot of crab that appears on fall menus, which I'm hmm. very into. It's um, weird to think of like seafood having a season. To oh, be. totally though. Think about when we were in like Belize and it was like lobster season. I was like, yes. Is that just they have migratory patterns or something? They're What's... just when they're at their best, you know? Because like, like peak, what? Peak yeah, sense. peak times. I mean, when you think about like mating seasons too, like from maturity mm-hmm. going through the cycle of life. Like this is when they're becoming more mature. They're bigger. Maybe they're like there's one food. I think it's Korea actually. Yeah, they're really big on seafood there. So in fall, I guess their blue crab and jumbo shrimp are big. But this gizzard shad is some sort of a fish that's super popular there. I have no idea (laughs) if I'm saying that right, but it all it specifically said that they store more nutrients in the colder seasons, so they taste better, which like makes sense as like the weather's changing. Mm. Even they're preparing for winter and like preparing to kind of like yeah live off their reserves or or bulk up or things like that. So it makes sense that some of these things are kind of reaching their maturity and their peak flavorfulness too which is kind pluck of them from the shores that's exactly right <laughs> <laughs> in Brazil you have pumpkin and coconuts Italy mushrooms like truffles become really big it's like mushroom season is, is a big deal even obviously for us in the US as well mm-hmm. um, in China moon cakes from the mid-autumn festival is big this year we did not get any and I'm still, still kind of bummed about it yeah I'm really bummed <laughs> when is it too late? It's I don't know I'm still gonna look <laughs> In El Salvador, that uh, turkey is actually popular around like um, the holidays. So they'll mm-hmm. roast it with veggies, and then puree those veggies into like a sauce. I heard, which is, sounds really delicious. Yeah, he's like, why don't we do that? And, like Interested? instead of gravy, I'd be like a good like alternative. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably way better for you. Oh yeah, So <laughs> so just like fat and gizzards or whatever the fuck. <laughs> um, in Ghana, they have the festival of the yams, which is usually in August or September. Mm-hmm. So and then it's interesting in Norway and obviously like Poland, they have Gwomki, which is something that we've always eaten um, around Easter time, which is kind of interesting that it's kind of more of like a fall thing, which are little cabbage rolls, which apparently I read somewhere that it means little pigeons, which I'm going to have to look into that. (laughs) First I've heard of it. Yeah, they're cabbage rolls that are simmered in tomato sauce. But they have something really similar in Norway, which is like a lamb stuffed cabbage roll, which kind of looked similar too. It had some different like flavorings in there. Mm. Yeah. And then in Peru, they have a couple of things that sounded really good to me. And I was like, wow, I think I need to go to Peru soon. (laughs) (laughs) But they have picorones con miel, which is essentially like sweet potatoes and pumpkin fritters with a spiced syrup. Yum. Uh, Yeah, it sounds really good. And it sounds super fall to me too, because they have... That like s- sweet potato and pumpkin mixed with cinnamon, star anise, and pineapple. Ooh. Which has like a crispy exterior, soft interior, and like a really natural sweet flavor, which sounds dope. Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. The I pineapple was- caught me off guard, but me I'm here too. for it. I'm I'm interested. Yeah. Serve it up. <laughs> and then they also had something that was called capchi de setas in in there as well, which is supposedly made from wild Andean mushrooms, which are called zetas or zetas. And they're usually more readily available in that time of year and added to this traditional dish. And they, obviously, mushrooms kind of grow like crazy, especially in like the rainy season, which usually kicks off kind of November and lasts until April. And that um, capcilla azetas is actually a vegetarian thing that I could have. So I was like, ooh, that's a stew or soup consisting of mushrooms, potatoes, fresh beans, and milk served with rice. I was like, mm, mm, I, could, I could mess with good. that. Sounds pretty good. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> There were some things I, of course, could not eat, like Haggis from Scotland, which is said to be kind of like a fall more cozy weather dish, <laughs> which you don't want to I mean, eat eat hot innards in the summertime. Uh, you know it seems like a more of a, a fall winter thing, Gross. <laughs> but it's made by combining sheep's pluck or heart liver, and lungs with onion, oatmeal, suet, spices soaked in stock and then boiled in the sheep's stomach. so. You can have the that boiling if you like. in the sheep's stomach just seems so unnecessary <laughs> well, yes. It's so old world oh and yeah. it's amazing it is I don't yeah, I don't know I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued just because I'm like what could this possibly be like but yeah. I'm also like horrified the look alone is just like unappealing so it's like
1: yeah the picture you know? I was like
0: whoa what am I looking at yeah. But tough. one of my other favorite ones that we also talked about making this year and then did not get around to it was pan de muerte which is something that is popular for Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. So in like early November, it's usually like a sweet round bread. But they also have in Spain, Huesos de Santos, which are Saint's Bones, which is also for like All Saints Day. They have um, these sugary treats that are made from an almond marzipan paste, which is formed into mm. a hollow roll representing a bone. And then the bone is then filled with super sweet marrow made of egg <laughs> yolk and sugar. <laughs> egg like- yolk? Yeah. Well, it's like a custard. I mean, okay. like, I could see it. Yeah, like a custard. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm into it. That's yeah. also it's so disturbing, but also amazing. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> there's always some things that I like didn't really think about, but there's so many holidays that start coming around too. So, oh, totally. A lot of things that were coming up were like holidays or festivals that other cultures celebrate around this time of year, because we kind of go through the summer without having much going on. Yeah, there's really nothing. We're yeah. Kind of a hate. Hi- I mean, we need the hiatus from the holidays to clear, but. It is yeah. definitely like a... And we have season, our, our Freedom Days in America where we have, you know, mm-hmm. like, obviously Juneteenth and, and yeah, Fourth of July. So true. there's sort of like the all-American classic grilling holidays. Yeah, Memorial and like, Day. Yeah, Memorial and, and Day. And stuff yeah, like that. Labor barbecue-y. kind of caps it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. There are a lot of popular foods in the U.S. and it's kind of usually based along like what's in season, but it's also just really nice because it's a lot more like hearty stuff. So obviously like pumpkin, squash, apples, root vegetables, mushrooms, all kind of come in, come in full circle. All that stuff's great. I love squash. Butternut squash is like one of my favorite things. <laughs> I don't know why I love it so much. Um, I love root vegetables too. I'm, I'm pretty happy with like any of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And like Brussels sprouts and things like that too, I feel like you see a lot of now. Absolutely. But there's always like hearty stews and soups and chili Which I'm also, I love soup. I know you do not have the same affinity. I don't. I wish (laughs) that I did. I really do. I like, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I like either like purely brothy soups that don't have like a lot of other things in it. These stipulations. Yeah. Or I like really like thick, creamy soups. (laughs) it has got to be one or the other. I don't like the in between. I'm not Which really b- is soup. That is just, I don't understand. <laughs> no, there's so many that are just like, I don't know, it's weird. There's too much flavor. She wants in broth and- or she wants a stew. She's like, yeah. can't make up her mind. Yes, yeah, <laughs> just pure broth, nothing else in it. <laughs> How do you feel about pot pies? I love pot pies. Okay, because it's kind of like soup inside of bread, I mean. Yeah, but you can't go wrong, like. but it's also a creamier soup. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, it's, it's like very stew. like right. thick. It's right. thick and good. And like basic vegetables that you can Never go wrong with shepherd's so. pie or pot pie. You know, I didn't think that I liked shepherd's pie. Yeah. I never, I don't know, it's not like something we really ate that no, often. No, we I didn't feel like. really. Um, but we got a really good recipe when we had Hello Fresh. Mm. And we were it amazed. Kind of, <laughs> we liked it so much that yeah, we were like not expecting it. Shocked it shocked me. Good. <laughs> a, because it was like 90% <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah. Which, but it was like, so good. Mushrooms in stews or cooked down, though, are so good. Transform into something else. So I don't good. know. You like can't tell what they are. And yeah. it's okay. I love it. It's divine. But yeah, I think I do like Shepherd's Pie purely because it's like a mashed potato top, basically, which like, oh, 100%. how could you go wrong? Yeah. Cheesy, you know, a little bit. and I'm not really big on like pie crust, so I think ah. Shepherd's pie all the way. Oh my God. Well, let me throw out another wrench at you. Hot dish. Or shepherd's pie. What? What's a hot dish? Supposedly this is a Midwestern thing, which again, <laughs> never have had it. Supposedly <laughs> it's native to Minnesota though. So technically it's a casserole made by layering. Usually there's meat in there with, like, a cream-based soup and then vegetables, and then it's topped with tater tots and cheese. I don't think I've ever eaten that. I don't know either. We saw a recipe in one of the magazines we get, and I feel like we got to try it. We 100% do. I mean, anything topped with tater tots automatically sounds like a win. And cheese? Tater tater tots and cheese? Yeah. Sounds decadent AF, but (laughs) I'm here for it. Yeah. Missing with the meat part, but yes, (laughs) I'm going to try it. So same question to you, I guess, out of the three. Pot pie? Hot dish or shepherd's pie? I really love pie crust. I love the way it kind of like absorbs the juices and kind of like, I don't know. I would say pot pie probably, but I'm Mm -hmm. also like I'll have like a cheddar stout pot pie crust that I'm thinking of in my mind and like that one's probably better than your standard pot pie you know <laughs> so like so you think it's like harder to make a good pot pie that'll impress you yeah than it is if it's make... like a basic Marie Callender's like microwaved pot pie probably yeah. no thanks that's but fair. and like I think I would not like a shepherd's pie as much that actually had meat yeah oddly. no I, I don't think that I would enjoy that yeah that weird as dish- like a, a meat eater I'm not really into like Bits of meat. Yeah, (laughs) unidentified (laughs) bits bits of meat. Yeah. Yeah, that hot dish thing, it technically says ground beef, and I'm like, oof. Yeah, like ground beef is not the thing I would – Damn. No, like if it was a nice like like a pot or something, more of a meat yeah, like pie. a shredded yeah. meat, like shredded chicken or something. And something I yeah. feel like could be good. Technically, that pot meat. pie with the cheddar stout crust is a beef one, and it has like chunks of like beef that's like yeah. really tender in there, and it's really it was really good when I ate meat. But yeah, I could yeah. never go back to that. Ground no. beef kind of weirds me out now. I don't really eat much of it unless it's like meatballs fake, or burgers. Fake ground yeah. meat, yeah, is freaky. Is real freaky. Yeah, none none of it. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> none yeah. of it is good. I'd rather have it without. <laughs> particles of meat debris I'm not yeah I'm not sure yeah it's weird yeah what about casseroles how do you feel about a casserole I have mixed emotions I think it depends on the casserole yeah I do I do like it because I think 90% of the time the casserole is just like hella cheesy yeah that's why <laughs> I think it's so good usually too and we honestly used to eat them when we were kids more I feel like a cheesy like All broccoli chicken casserole or something yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone was hating on them recently. I think it was in a podcast I was listening to and they're like, it's just whatever is like old in your fridge and like it yeah. just... And Which then, it kind <laughs> of is true, but like that's a great sustainable method to why get rid of some like things yeah. in your fridge. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like old. old. Yeah, it's not the freshest, <laughs> but it's going to get cooked down and be delicious. Yeah, real. I don't mind them. Um, it's definitely like, I don't love that there's like one thing though like a huge plate of that if that's like all you're eating sometimes it's kind of a bummer yeah i think that's kind of my beef with it too is, is just like i seems like a weird. one pot meal but like that's like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, there's not enough variety on the plate or something. Yeah, there's not enough variety on the plate. It's just, like, a big plate of one thing. They're usually, like, very dense, too, and then you're, like, eating it for days, and it's like... Yeah, (laughs) and then you have, like, an old (laughs) casserole made of old ingredients, and it's just like, no. It's getting less and less appealing. Yeah, it gets less and less appealing. Yeah, for two people, casserole makes no sense. Makes no sense. If you're making a giant casserole for something and for someone... I guess, technically, those breakfast ones that we've made though are kind of like a casserole, like the strata. strata. Yeah, I guess you could call that a casserole. I mean, it's. A straddle, yeah, that's it's not tr- the that's same. That's true. Okay, that's oh, a bread, right. if anything. Okay. okay, But I stand corrected. Yeah, I'll I don't know. Corrected. You're right. And like enchilada casserole, which is very popular in our family, yeah, is a casserole, and it's amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, like we've said, it is kind of We ate that thing. for like four days in a row, and I was it. like, kill me. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it was very dense. So. It was, yeah. <laughs> and like after a while, like eating that much dairy, like, you just don't feel good about yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's good. It, ca- to me, casseroles are like the perfect oh. thing for an event. Yeah, an, to bring and let everybody yeah. have some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to share. And it, then it's like a side to whatever else is on the yeah. table too. It's, it's like not, a good like, potluck like the item. only thing I'm eating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other thing I also love about – this season shifting is it's like baking season again because, like, you don't really want to turn your oven on in the summer and, like, slave over a hot stove. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to kind of start baking more breads and there's pies and all these different baked goods that kind of come out of the woodwork. Yeah. I have. I feel had... like that's totally a reason why all those things are so popular in the fall too. Is 100 mm-hmm. percent what you're saying, like not wanting to cook them in the summer with the no. heat, but like it's so nice in the in the fall and winter yeah. to have like the oven on, the stove on. Yeah, totally. Makes the house feel cozy. Yeah, even all the good smells. It's just yeah, so nice. baked goods. Yeah, in mm-hmm. the air, comforting. Um, pumpkin pie is super popular. Apple pie is super popular. Pecan pie super popular in the fall. All of them are pecan very good. Pecan or pecan. 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 Pecan, pecan pie. Do you say pecans or pecans or pecan? I don't know. <laughs> I'm never sure what I say. But I, know, I don't know what I just I'm not said. Not even sure what's right. Again. Is there a right? I don't know. Regionally, I'm sure somebody's yeah. got I mean, an opinion. Pecan pie is more of like a southern thing. Yeah, pecan pie. But yeah, I don't. I'm not a big nut person, so that's never been my kind of pie. Oh my pie, god, I love pecan pie. I love pecan rolls. They're like the cinnamon yeah. rolls with the pecans on oh them. Those god. ones are pretty good. So good. I guess heavenly. Have you ever had the apple pie with cheddar cheese? I have never done it with cheddar cheese. They said it's still, a Midwest thing again, and I was I'm like, I'm still it? pretty horrified. <laughs> I mean, probably because we put cheese on literally everything, <laughs> but I don't know. I I don't know if I could bring myself to do it. I'd I rather should. have apple pie like a la mode, like with ice cream, than I would with cheddar cheese. Well, everyone's had that. That's that's not exciting. It's delicious though. Yeah, it's good, but like we're trying to live life. Cheddar cheese is living life. <laughs> cheddar cheese is exciting. You've heard it here. You want to get crazy? You want to get wild? On pie? Throw a little cheddar cheese on your pie this season. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm going to make a pie just to try I don't know. What kind that. of cheddar cheese are we talking about? Is it like shredded? Is it melted on it? It's is definitely it... melted. OK. I don't think it's shredded. I feel like when is I've it seen whole it whole sheets? I feel it's... like it's, I've seen like a slice like melted over the top. What? No way. I don't know. Well, that sounds weird. If you ever go, you look it up and you figure it out. Are we talking like white cheddar, hard cheddar, soft cheddar, medium cheddar? What kind of cheddar? I think it's usually like a sharper cheddar, but I don't really know. I've never seen it with white, to be honest. It's always like a yellow one, but that's like because people extra are extra American. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. I guess I'll give it a try this year. I can't knock it till I try it. Yeah. I'm not the biggest apple pie fan in the world in general, it's a little yeah. too like. So, what's basic. your favorite out of pumpkin, pumpkin, apple, and yeah, pumpkin? Yeah, 100% pumpkin. Pumpkin cheese, ideally. Yeah, our family's big on the pumpkin cheese. I do like the pumpkin cheese, it's quite good. I'm going to be making a marbled one for the holidays, and I'm excited to eat that recipe again because it's really beautiful. Yeah, it is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it's just so delicious. I, I'm i not like big on pie crust, really. And so, like, pumpkin pie. I don't has understand less why you say crust. this. Why do you hate it on pie crust? It's always dry, it's boring. I feel like you've just had bad pie I think crust. it's hard to make a good pie crust, though. <laughs> oh, my God. It's very rare that there's a great pie crust. And, like, even the best pie crust, I'd still probably rather have, like, a graham cracker crust or something like that. Prepare to be amazed then. I will dazzle you. Okay. All right. One of these days. You show me. (laughs) (laughs) One of my other favorite treats, I guess, is apple cider donuts. We went to a pumpkin patch not that long ago and Got some, and I was like, six seems like a lot. No, now never enough. enough. It wasn't <laughs> enough. We heated the last one up, and I like savored every single bite of that freaking apple cider donut. It was so good. They're freaking fire. I don't know what it what makes them so great, honestly. But like, I, I guess like a having a fresh donut always amazing. Yeah, that's B, true. B, I think it is partially like nostalgia and tradition to some yeah. degree. Of like, it's fall. I'm at an orchard. I'm you know yeah. doing this fun fall activity. And and then see, it's because it's just like cinnamon sugary goodness. Yeah, that's it coats your teeth. It's insane. coats your teeth. It's incredible. Yeah. There's nothing like it. It's really good. It's yeah. amazing. I do love like <laughs> pumpkin bread too. I'm yes. A big fan we of always it. end up making like banana bread or I make so many other like regular loaves of bread that I kind of like overshadows the need for pumpkin bread. But i I we bought some canned pumpkin and I totally wanna get Yeah. This down weekend to that. I'm making it. I don't I don't care what else we're doing, we're making pumpkin bread. Yeah, it but, is on the list. Yeah, I've never made it myself before, Oh wow! but every yeah. time it's always like enjoyable to eat. Oh, it's so tasty. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We definitely have to. Yeah. Another thing I love to make is cornbread, too. Like, It's not really a f- necessarily specifically fall to me, but I love cornbread. I feel like it is <laughs> slightly because of the chili season factor. Oh, absolutely. Like, you're right. That's a good point. I definitely friend... make it more in the fall than I make it any other season. Exactly. It just naturally happens because exactly. it's like going with other things and yeah. Yeah. My friend Alyssa always used to, like, literally make her chili and- with, like, a cornbread top on top of oh. it. Oh. Oh, man. It was great. Dang. Did she bake it? I don't um. even remember how she did it, but it was magical. All right, Alyssa, <laughs> we're going to have to talk to you about yeah, that. Yeah, we, we, we got to have <laughs> words. <laughs> it's something special. There's all these warm beverages, too, that are part of the season. Obviously, like, the PSL, like, pumpkin spice lattes, blew up and kind of ruined everyone's lives a little bit with <laughs> how annoying they are. But... Yeah. There's also like mulled wine, hot toddies, hot hot cider with like, yeah, we saw some on the menu last time we went out and we're just like, oh my God, hot toddies. They all sounded incredible. Yeah. I still regret not getting it. I know. I regret not getting (laughs) it too. (laughs) Ran out of time. Yeah, we did. (laughs) But that's also a fun thing to make at home. Like we were talking about how we should recreate all of those recipes and we totally should. Yeah. Nothing better than like a Is a hot toddy almost always like whiskey? Usually, I feel like a lot of the ones that I've seen are, but I, I think I've had them with like rum or something before. Usually, I feel like darker liquor tends to. Be yeah, like I was gonna say to I've that. never made it with like a clear liquor. I guess a gin hot chatty Yeah, it seems odd. <laughs> Even like the like clear rum that we have, though, I'm like, can you make a hot toddy with that? I mean, we put some in some hot cider, and it was pretty good. That's true. It is, it's rum <laughs> after all. It is still rum. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Got got some plans. Yeah. It is a lot of heavy foods in the fall, but it's it's worth it. Like we were also we're talking about making dumplings soon. We used to yes. make like chicken and dumpling soup. Ugh. My grandpa used to be really big into dumplings. So, so we've been talking about making that. Thug kitchen is an amazing dumpling recipe that I'm definitely gonna do. It's kinda like almost like a wide sheet noodle dumpling, which is just Yum. bomb. Sounds wild. I'm interested. Yeah, they're real good. So we're definitely gonna make that soon. I love biscuits and gravy, which like a lot of the times when you go out. They're not vegetarian, so I've, I've taken to making them at home, and, and it, you can totally make a damn good much is the best I've probably ever had. Yeah? Yeah. I Either. mean, honestly, I was rather afraid of biscuits and gravy <laughs> for a long time because it just, like, freaked me out on a plate. It was like, this looks gross. Yeah. The but gristly p- pieces great. of, like, unidentified weird sausage, too, if you don't know the quality of, like, what people are the cooking meat, with, yeah. that used to weird me out in general. Yeah. Like, I've been in some, like, you know, podunk nowhere kind yeah. of places, and there's always biscuits and gravy, and, yeah. like, those plates look scary. Yeah. But... Like, I, I do love, like, vegetarian biscuits and gravy yeah, for sure. so good. And I've had, like, you know, good ones with, like, actual good meats. Yeah, with good quality sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's definitely something tasty. And macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes are, like, more of a thing now. Even yeah. jambalaya. All these, like, hot, delicious things. Yeah. Definitely heavy, like yeah. you said. But, like, literally, we got to fight off the winter. Yeah, we're trying to bulk it's up. It's necessary. Yeah. This is survival. That's right. That is correct. Don't you forget it. <laughs> And there's all these like one pot meals, which are kind of nice when you're just like, you got one big pot of something on the stove, and like that cleanup is so much easier at the end of things. Mm. And it's like a time saver, which brings us to the ultimate time saver the slow cooker. Yeah, yeah, baby. So many people have them. I think we literally own two, which is absolutely absurd because. There's two people in this house, but we each yeah. have one. Yeah, <laughs> we need <one laughs> our own, okay? Uh, one is bigger; it Keep makes it off. Yeah, I mean, you, honestly, like you need the bigger size if you have more than the two people we have. Yeah, you know, like a, your small one is perfect when it's like just us and we're just making stuff around the house and want to have leftovers for a bit. But anytime you're doing like an actual party of something, yeah, you, you mine need gets the like filled one. to the brim, and yeah, it's, like, it's dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> it's not portable anymore either. No, She's stationary. <laughs> But we all know the the name crockpot. But crockpot and slow cooker are are not necessarily the same. Like a a crockpot is a slow cooker, but not all slow cookers are crockpots. <laughs> I love that. So that's the way you gotta look at it. It's like Kleenex, you know. Yeah, classic. So crockpot's the name brand. Um, it has a pretty interesting history, though. There was a man named Irving Nexon and he applied for a patent uh, for this food heating device back in 1936. His device consisted of an insert held up by a case that held a heating device, and then that facilitated even heating of the food inside the insert. Mm. And it was also portable, which was great. By 1940, Naxon got his patent for the device and called it the Naxon Beanery. <sighs> <laughs> and I guess, like, there's something about the reason it's a beanery is because like, Why? his mother was Lithuanian. <laughs> And he always used to make like bean based stews. Oh. And that was like a thing in her village from Lithuania. So bean based stews were real popular and known as cholent, I think is how you say it, or cholent, mm-hmm. one of the two. And it's like a traditional Jewish dish oh, wow. that cooks all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually very rooted in like the Jewish Sabbath too, the day of rest, um, because. G- observant jews weren't supposed to do any work on those days yeah, so sense. the st- the stew would just kind of go on the the stove uh, on the heat you know before sundown on friday night and then with sabbath began it would just continue to cook all day long until the end of saturday and and services um which i thought was really weird and interesting it's like so highly rooted in religion a little bit <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, ovens were kind of turned off for the Sabbath. You just put the pot on and it just like slowly the residual heat would cook it over the course of the day. That's interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have like assumed that, but I mean, it makes total sense at the same time. Yeah. That's why it's the Naxon beanery. <laughs> beanery. <laughs> oh my God. And then in the early 1970s, Naxon sold his design to rival manufacturing who rebranded his beanery and put it on the market as the crock pot. It was marketed more towards like mothers who could put on the food uh, before leaving for work and then come home to a cooked meal. And they sold millions in the 70s, became very popular as one could imagine. Yeah, it's interesting because at first it really didn't take off too because I heard that People just didn't like the way it like, cooked things because they, they felt like things were really bland in it, but people just, like, didn't know how to use it. How to use it. Yeah. yeah. It was, like, such a different way of cooking at that point. hmm Absolutely. And even, like, the advent of, like, really popular cookbooks and things like that to, like, teach people weren't, that wasn't super popular yet either. So, one woman named Mabel Hoffman came out with the Crockery Cookery, which was her cookbook. <laughs> what a name. I know. It's like a hard one to say. She's a tricky little minx. <laughs> but she expe- like she experimented relent- relentlessly with this device to create the cookbook. Literally had like tons of crock pots going in her kitchen at once, testing all these recipes like all the time. Uh, and it's funny because her cookbook is kind of is what helps propel some people think or say to what it kind of was today so it's insane because by 1975 sales reached around 95 million which is nuts from going to like almost nothing in like the 50s and 60s to like all of a sudden being like this huge huge thing that people are kind of like obsessed with and like everybody owns one and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like it said in 2011 like 83 percent of the families in america had a slow cooker of some time. Yeah, which that's is like, crazy. That's pretty high. That's- yeah, that's a lot of people. <laughs> I don't know if you could say that about many things in, and yeah. in commonalities across the country, but Definitely. <laughs> it's funny too because the crock pot and slow cookers have kind of become this symbol of, uh, you know, like women's equality. <laughs> and I mean, there's there's some, I guess, maybe basis in that because yeah. popularity did, did explode in the 1970s as women were entering the workforce heavily in very large numbers. And commercials were really branding it towards, you know, these like female homemakers and mm-hmm. saying that, you know, this you can get your dinner ready before you even come home kind of a concept. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, <laughs> another article I was reading was basically saying like, no electric appliance has like really accounted for, women's account like equality you know it wasn't really due to any one thing no it was that's a like good marketing ploy women though. women want it out and we did it you know yeah and like there's no it just was help for sure that um, well, no, it's also kind of bullshit though, because it's like we're this is still somehow on you to make to do this, all the chores, yeah, to, to make do this all, this all, the all happen, yeah, and like, well, we need a hot, good home cooked meal when we get home, and you're the one that's the provider, so how are you going to make it work, you know? So they kind of like guilt you into thinking that you have to have this device so you can still feed your family and. And be a good wife and mother, which is like... Yeah, uh, 100%. It mm-hmm. never fully liberated women from anything. I no. Mean, now you're just responsible for another appliance. <laughs> still said, yeah, that women still spend 48 minutes per day cleaning and prepping in the kitchen compared to 20 minutes for men. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds oh even like not enough time. Comical. <laughs> um, yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? <laughs> like a snack. <laughs> but it really just gave women, like you said, like more tasks to, to do and expect... An, Ugh. And an expectation to do things faster or more frequently. like now you have this laundry machine. you can do laundry every day. yeah and do it all you know so much faster than you ever could. Mm-hmm. You can do all these loads. Not actually ideal. Yeah, just <laughs> gave me more <laughs> tasks and didn't actually delegate it to anyone different. <laughs> but it's funny because the Crockpot also really got heavily marketed towards men in 2012 because they partnered with NFL. And started putting like NFL logos for all the 32 NFL teams on crockpots. I've 100% seen some that are branded with A 100%. Like, I could (laughs) completely envision it when I read that. And I was like, yep, I've seen that. Funny because, like, when you're growing up, you don't really think of all these things as being like targeted marketing ploys to attract a certain market to the product. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, now that I see that it's like very clearly targeting men (laughs) and people that are interested in even hiding this. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It makes sense though. It does. And like honestly, I would think of a slow cooker more these days as a symbol of like m- male cooking than I would of female. Well, um, it's just so big on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, That's like Super one of the Sunday it's freaking huge. Main chili cook offs. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, it's a huge cook-offs. thing that like a lot of guys do. And just like the fact that you're usually slow cooking meats and it's usually very like meat driven. Yeah. That it, it is honestly <clears throat> an amazing device for that. Like you can make fall apart so tender because it does like it locks in all that moisture because the lid really just like seals on there so things are just super juicy and they literally are fall apart yeah it's incredible Incredible. yeah I want to try and find some recipes that I can utilize that quality for like I don't know if I could do like a fish or like maybe like more of like a, a fish stew or something even I don't even know mm-hmm. because when you cook with it as a vegetarian it ends up being A lot of, like, stews and chilies and kind of, like, soup things. I haven't really made too many other things in there that are, like... Yeah, yeah. which is honestly crazy because one of the major advantages of a crock pot or a slow cooker is that you can make a variety of things. Like, literally, soups, stews. Um, you know, you can even make desserts, you can like be baking yeah. stuff in them, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, we saw a recipe for a pizza. I was like, I could put yeah. a pizza a, make pizza a pizza in a slow cooker. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, It's but crazy. Okay. You know, and we like a lot that. of, you could even use them for non-food items. Like some people make soap or candles or dye yarn in them and yeah. stuff like that. I've never even thought about it for like a crafting yeah. item. It's a whole other world. I got we could, that's what our second crock pot could, could be. just could be. Could just be crafting. Yeah. We could just be making <laughs> things with it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of other advantages too i mean obviously it's highly convenient it severely cuts down on prep and cook time um you know there's many a time where we're just like we don't have time for that tonight yeah. so we put something on in the morning we let it cook all day while we're working and then blammo yeah it. it's funny because like when we moved and like now that we work from home like almost exclusively i don't think we've used it at no. all really and it's like it still isn't in- incredibly inconvenient like an item to use because we could just, yeah, prep it in the morning and I don't have to do anything later. And like, I can check on it now. I always felt a little nervous when we would do it when we weren't home. Because I'd be like, oh, this will just be on all day. It won't start a fire. Everything will be fine. Always a fear. I feel like there was too, like a few years ago or something, there was like a PSA about like, a certain kind of like crock pot or instapot or one of those things and like that you weren't supposed make sure you to leave on a well, just like make sure you like w- look at the warranties or like look mm. at like how old something is and like if it's an old one like don't <laughs> maybe do that yeah don't maybe do that <laughs> i feel like that was a thing i didn't do the research on it but that's funny i could totally see that <laughs> yeah somebody knows yeah it always made me a little bit nervous but yeah. i mean nothing bad ever happened and it always does make your house smell so good we could like so be coming home. up the stairs like from oh. work and i could like already smell like the food from our house and be like yeah Dinner's almost ready, baby. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) It is so convenience, huge benefit. It's definitely also very economic because um, the crockpots arrived in a period of like severe inflation, and the prices of uh, like the amount of energy it took to cook food Hmm. was severely reduced with a slow cooker. That's interesting. Um, Yeah, and also because you were usually roasting like inexpensive, less desirable cuts of meat. Hmm. would also be kind of a yeah. huge economic benefit. Um, and it allows you to kind of cook in large batches. So you can cook for the whole week That's and have smart. leftovers. Um, but it's yeah, you like uses less energy than like a standard electric oven does. So it's I didn't really efficient. think about that, but that totally makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's smaller, condensed. Mm-hmm. Smart. There's also some health benefits too. So... Americans are always kind of looking for new ways to cook healthily <laughs> without creating too much work. And so there were a lot of cookbooks that started to come out more recently with healthier recipes for slow cookers. I think when they initially came out, it was all kind of like not the best, maybe. Yeah. It was kind of the peak of like, <laughs> here's a Campbell's creamed mushroom soup, you yeah, know, and there was like a lot agree. of processed things Fair. versus like now a lot of chefs are trying to go more towards like Real actual yeah. vegetables. That's funny because I think Mabel Hoffman she released several other cookbooks after her crockery cookery cookbook, <laughs> um, and her, the last one that she ended up I think releasing was a like healthy cooking version. Mm-hmm. She went from like, but it kind of evolved from like meals that were like super decadent and more like fatty and like doing desserts in the crock pot to yeah. then being like, oh, the health kick. The health kick. <laughs> now we're on is. that. Bandwagon. We got a whole <laughs> other market. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the slow cooker is also. Um, obviously cook for like a really long period of time at a very low temperature, um, which keeps food kind of more nutrient rich and, and seals in natural juices from the meat and vegetables. Um, so it can bring more flavor to your dish and it also can have kind of a better distribution for those flavors. Mm. And the low temperature also rele- releases natural broth or stock in meat which can then promote strong bones or inhibit infections or reduce like joint pain and inflammation. So there's actually some decent health benefits too. That is interesting. I feel like that's one thing you always have to remember too is that it does lock in and seal in that moisture because you don't want to add maybe as much liquid as you would if it were, you were cooking something on the stove. Because I've definitely had a few things that turned out a little soupier than I wanted because I was like, oh, nothing evaporates out of this. It is yeah, a chamber. It just seals <laughs> it in. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Another good thing to remember, too, is to always, like, save a little bit of fresh herbs for, like, right before serving to kind of give it, like, a fresh pop of flavor. Because after, like, something stews and sits in there all day and kind of, like, cooks down, it's not going to be, like, as brightly colored or anything like that. So Having your garnish game strong, always important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) got to hit it with it right before the serving and the plating, you know? Yes, (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, this episode made me hungry. I know. We're totally making a shepherd's pie after this. And <laughs> I cannot wait. About to do it. Right after this. 100%. I mean, cheers to like saving yourself some time with some of these devices that exist out there to make your life a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And just like giving yourself a little bit more time to do some other things in your in your evenings. Because... The sun is setting early, friends. Yeah. Put the soup on and yes, kick your feet up or do whatever else you need to do. Yeah, this lack of daylight is making me tired already. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. Yeah. (laughs) We've been going to bed so early and still waking up tired somehow. And I swear to God, it's just the fault of darkness. Yeah. I (laughs) I would go to bed right now. If I had already eaten dinner, I'd be like, let's do it. (laughs) It was literally like 6.30 yesterday and we're like, time for bed. (laughs) Life is hard. Yeah, life is hard winter's long mm-hmm. but eat all the slow cooked meals while you can yeah thank god the fall is here i'm ready for it mm-hmm. <laughs> cheers, cheers.